All right. I'm getting a thumbs up here, so hopefully if you hear any weird sounds or squealing of speakers, just go with it. So before we get started, uh, I do want to do something. What's that? I know, yeah. Chris is like, dude, whisper, okay? You're talking a little loud. I know, yeah. Don't worry, I don't plan on yelling too much today, so you should be good. All right, hang on one second. So we're going to get a couple pictures here. Everybody look up here. Everybody look up here and smile big. And one, two, got it. Okay, I'm not going to go over there. You can turn me off, TJ, if you have to. Good? Okay. All right, ready? Everyone smile, look up here. I'm sure I got somebody like behind someone's head and all those fun things. So you guys are Facebook famous now. You're going to be on Facebook, so just enjoy that. So this morning I do want to uh, just take a few minutes, and I do want to emphasize just a few minutes. Um, although it's not too bad under the tent. You know, I noticed that standing out there in the sun to under here right now, it feels a lot cooler in here. So, so we can go longer. We'll just go to like 1 o'clock then. So, no, I'm just kidding. All right, well, let's do this, guys. I, I want to open up this morning... And I want to kind of continue down a track we started going down a couple weeks ago. Uh, we started a brand new series here two weeks ago called Reclaimed. And we started talking about the idea that, that we are reclaimed in Christ, that our lives in Christ through the gospel has been reclaimed, reclaimed to the right purpose, to the right standing before God, that our life apart from Christ was left wandering, aimlessly looking for purpose. We found Christ through the gospel of Jesus Christ, and now our very lives have been reclaimed to what they could be and can be now in Christ. And so we spoke about that a couple weeks ago. If you weren't here, I encourage you, you can go online, you can go on our app, you can find that message many different ways. I encourage you to listen to it. And we talked about living the reclaimed life. We talked about that in Christ, we can actually now not only be reclaimed to our right purpose, we can now live in a way that honors God and, and our lives themselves are reclaimed from the enemy and from those things that would pull us away. Many of us are tempted to live for lesser things. They're good things, but they're lesser things. Christ has reclaimed us to live a life that is abundant, that in Christ we have abundance of joy, right? Of the idea of peace. We said it a couple weeks ago that, that really in John 10.10, 10, we discovered that the key to the abundant life is through Christ. And then in John 10.9, we found what that abundant life was. He said in uh, chapter uh, 10, uh, verse 9 of John, the Gospel of John, this is just review, so we're not turning there. Uh, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. That's the abundant life, that we're saved and then we're able to have that freedom, that relationship, to be able to come and to go in the, the idea of this pasture, this peaceful setting. We discovered that really it's an earthly fulfillment of Psalm 23. That Psalm 23, it talks about this, that he leads us beside still waters. And this idea of leading us and giving us comfort. That in the abundant life, we have that earthly speaking. And one day, praise God, we'll be with Christ when we leave this world. And we'll see the fulfillment of Psalm 23 when we'll be with our Savior, the Lamb and Lion of God. And so this morning, as we're continuing down that track, I want to talk about the idea that not only can we re live a reclaimed life, but we can also reclaim community. We can reclaim community. John chapter 10 and verse 16. This will be the key text for our message this morning. Uh, John chapter 10 and verse 16. We read this. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we read the entire section. We're going to kind of cover over the next couple of weeks, but I want to go back and read this one verse to get us on that right track. 
John chapter 10 and verse 16 says this, And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice. Verse 16 of John 10 goes on to say this, And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. I want to key in on that phrase, one fold. We call today Unity Fest, and what it's all about is coming together as one, as the body of Christ, spending some time together, enjoying company with one another, worshiping and edifying Christ together, but just coming together as one body, as one church. And so in this text we see here, Jesus says that the body of Christ is one fold. Now we know we have differences of opinions with other churches, other denominations, other believers. We see certain things a little differently. But if you are in Christ and somebody else is in Christ, you are in the same fold. Amen? Amen. There's no second class citizens in Jesus Christ. If you're in Christ, you're in the fold. And not because you did anything to get in the fold, because you went through the door. And Jesus said, I am the door. He who enters in through me will find life. And so we have life in Christ. We have to reclaim life in Christ. But we can also reclaim community. It is one fold. We are called to be one. The community that I'm speaking of is the church. I said it a couple Wednesday nights ago, and it's still true today, that the church is not an institution. It's not a building. It is a gathering of those that know Christ. See, we gather outside today, and I love being outdoors. It just... I don't know, I've said it every year, but it reminds me of Acts. When you read about Paul went down by the water and there was Lydia and the church and they were worshiping God and they had church by the riverside. I just wish we had a river. I don't know, maybe somebody could take care of that one time. We'll put a little river in here somewhere. We could have put a hose out here and made a little river, I guess. But, but the idea of being outside and just celebrating Christ and his creation is such an amazing gift. And we get to do that as the body of Christ. You see, the church is the gathering of God's people. When we come together as the body of Christ, we are the church. Now, we meet in a building, a facility normally. There's nothing wrong with having a church building. We're blessed to have this facility. We're blessed to have these ability, the ability to, to gather together in a, in a beautiful building. But we don't need that building. You don't need the drywall and the electrical. You can meet anywhere anytime as the body of Christ and worship him and come together as the church. And so that community I'm speaking about is the body of Christ. We are in that community that we in Christ can gather together and worship him. What keeps us focused in that gathering is that we are passionate and focused on the Savior. See, we are one fold in Christ. What keeps us one is Christ. He is the one that keeps us together. True Christian community is not a surface connection, but a deep connection through Christ. We have a common salvation that unites us together as one. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, John writing here to the church, he says this, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. We have fellowship one with another. Now, fellowship isn't always what we make it to be. In a few minutes, we're going to head in here and have amazing lunch. I went in the kitchen to make sure everybody was good, and there was just like, I'm not kidding you, a line of crockpots. I, I was debating, Lord, would they know if I took a spoonful here or there? I don't know if they would know. I got convicted, I left it alone. But, and I would have used the same spoon every time, just so you know, okay? So, because I don't want to dirty up another spoon, okay? We're going to have a great time of lunch, but see, we think fellowship, we think meals, we think 
getting together and doing something. Maybe you invite some guys over to watch a game, or maybe you're doing something with family. You think that's fellowship. It's a form of, but true Christian fellowship is not based in why we're gathering for food or gathering for a game. There's nothing wrong with that, but we're gathering in Christian fellowship to edify Christ and to edify one another. That's what John's talking about when he says, come in together in fellowship. Now, while it's true that we desire fellowship with one another, we desire to go deeper than the surface, it is difficult to truly see how to deepen them, those relationships, beyond our connection in Christ. So we get that. We have a connection in Christ. That's an amazing gift. But some of us, we desire to go deeper, but it's a struggle. It's difficult to know how to do that. So I want to unpack that a little more this morning and discover how we can reclaim community which means we need to be getting connected. So if you're taking notes this morning, I applaud you in wind, unless you're on a device, to take notes. You get extra credit for this in heaven, by the way. Just throwing that out there. That's not in the Bible, but I think it should be. Okay. In this idea of getting connected, we got to go a little bit deeper. See, Christian community isn't about just Sunday morning. That's part of Christian community. I said it already. Gathering together, worship Him. But getting connected is going deeper getting beyond the surface. And so you realize, first and foremost, what you already have in common. You realize you already have something in common with someone else that you're trying to go deeper with in a relationship as far as a connection. So I want to encourage you, be aware. Look for possible connections. What do I mean by that? Let me give you some examples. You don't need to write all these down, but just give you some ideas to think on. If we're wanting to get connected in the church, we want to reclaim community, want to go deeper as the body of Christ, some things to think about. Here's some connections. If you're a Christian and they're a Christian, you have a connection, right? If they are a Christian, and you are a Christian, there is a connection. If they have kids, and you have kids, there's a connection. You see, this is just, it's not hard, just going beyond the surface. If they are married, and you are married, there's a connection. If they're about your age, you are your age, connection. You see where I'm going here? It's not rocket science, right? Uh, if they're attending North Goodland Baptist Church and you are attending NGBC, and you might say, I don't know if they're attending the church. If they're here, they're attending. Okay? So guess what? Connection. Here's an easy way to do this. If Mike and I don't really know each other, okay, and I want to get to know him better, and I've seen him at church a handful of times, he's about my age, a little older, but he's about my age, okay? I can easily go up to Mike and say, hey, I was just curious. What brought you and your family to North Goodland for the first time? Instantly, there's a conversation. Now, he's going to tell me what brought him to North Goodland. I can say, that's great. Actually, I came to North Goodland through this means. And we're going deeper beyond just, hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. See you later. Bye. It's a connection. And it's not all going to happen in a five-minute conversation. It's about starting that connection so we can go deeper later on. If they are wearing a hunting brand on their hat or on their T-shirt and you hunt... Connection. You guys are getting this. Good job. If they're wearing an Ohio State polo, you stay away. That's the idea. Okay? That's wisdom. Okay? Wisdom. Okay? 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 We just, that's why they're sitting out in the sun. We just said you can't sit under the tent. We're sorry. We love you. But from a distance, amen. Okay, so. No, these connections are not complicated, but it takes us what? we got to think about these things. We have to look beyond ourselves, look beyond ourselves, and see them, see their interests, see their hobbies. 
you will be surprised when you start looking how easy it may be to actually make those connections. Also, we need to see the needs of others when we really see them for them. We will see the needs of others when we see them for them, just who they are. And also realize God may be bringing you into their lives so that you may be able to meet a need in theirs. This is not always a financial need. It could just be a prayer encouragement, a word of comfort, a word of counsel. Whatever it is, we need to be aware so that we can see these possible connections in the church, then go deeper. Paul said it well in Philippians 2, 3-4. Paul said this, Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. We put others before us. Listen to what he says. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. There is so much power in looking beyond our own needs and seeing the needs of others. See, getting deeper, getting connected, getting connected means I go beyond the surface. I look at their needs. I look at what I can do to help. But when we make this step, we got to realize something. We need to realize that you will have fear. When you decide to get connected, you're going to have fear. When you decide to reclaim community and step out, you will be fearful. It's just human nature for most, not all. Some of you could make friends with this tent post. Like you could have a conversation. Some of you could do that. Some of you, to talk to another human being that isn't related to you is terrifying. That's just how you're wired. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, nothing wrong with that. So what do we do? We have to push past that fear because we see the benefit of getting connected is greater than the fear. When we step out and decide to make this choice to get connected, we will experience fear of rejection, right? What's fear of rejection look like? Why would they want to talk to me, right? They don't want to talk to me. They're not going to want to deal with me. Fear of hurt. I don't want to go get connected with someone because they're going to end up betraying me and walking away. We said it in our relational vampire series back in February, I believe. There is always a risk when entering into a relationship with another imperfect human being. There's always a risk when deciding to enter into a relationship with another imperfect human being. That means you're imperfect too. So now you have two imperfect people in a friendship together. Guess what? Sooner or later, one or both of you is going to say, do something that's going to make the other person upset. You're going to bother the other person. You're going to anger the other person. You're going to upset them. And there's going to be conflict. There might be hurt. There might be distance. There might be things like this. What do we do? We make a decision. I understand that's a possibility. I understand there's a fear that I have, but I push past that. Why? As we said, any risk in a relationship is outweighed by the benefits of that relationship. There's risk, but you got to decide, man, the risk is real and here and it may happen, but the benefit of this Christ-like relationship, this Christian fellowship that I'm experiencing, that benefit outweighs any risk. So I'm going to make the choice to connect. But what do we do to connect? Well, we got to get real. See, to connect, we got to get real. To get community, we got to get real. Surface is easy. Surface is very easy. What do I mean by a surface connection? I've said that a few times now. What I mean is this. This is where we keep it basic and very vague. There is no deep conversation. There is no opening up. It is canned responses and forced smiles. There's no deep conversation with another follower of Christ. There's no deep, real connection. Now, let me say this. I'm not suggesting that we go deep with everyone that we know. For their benefit and yours, don't do that. Don't go deep with everyone you know because that's exhausting, right? 
That is tiring. Not only for you that wants to get connected and go deep, but for the one you're trying to share with, they're trying to listen to 45 other people's stuff and they're just getting bogged down. So I'm not saying we go get connected and we go deep with everyone, but there are people in our lives that God has placed that we need to say, God, is this a person that I'm supposed to go deeper with, that I'm supposed to get beyond the surface with, make that deeper connection? I do believe that we must be willing to engage other people in the church, and if the door opens, to be willing to take a deeper plunge in that friendship or relationship. Looking back at Paul's words in Philippians 2, I'm going to go back to verses 1 and 2. I'm just going to read it for us. We see a connection between our relationship with Christ through the Spirit and our connection with the church. We see a connection between our relationship with Christ and the Spirit and our connection with the church. Listen to what Paul says. Is there any encouragement from being, or sorry, for belonging to Christ? Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? He's asking questions here. Is there any comfort there? Is there any love there? Is there any fellowship there? Is there any compassion there? Then he says this, and I love the New Living Translation, the way they translated this part of the verse. Then make me truly happy, Paul says, by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. See, the evidence of our walk with Christ is how we love one another. Jesus said, that it was the proof to the world how we love each other. Not how much we love the lost, but how much we love each other. He said, they will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, should we love the lost? Of course we should. I'm not saying we don't. But that's not the test. Jesus never said, they'll know you're my disciples if you love the world. He says, no, no, no. If you love one another, that's the evidence. See, because in the world, there's chaos. In the world, there's disunity. In the world, there's all these other things. But when people come into the church, it's supposed to be not uniform. We're not all the same, but it should be unity. We all, in our unique backgrounds and personalities, come together, and we are one in Christ. So how do we do this? We get connected. We get deep. We go beyond the surface. We start experiencing these deeper relationships. Again, we should love the lost. But man, we should really love one another. So how do we start? Because this is the thing we've got to really focus in on. I want to share a couple more things and we're going to close. How do we start? How do we make that decision to step out and get connected and get beyond the surface? We make the first move. We make the first move. Because this is what I want us to understand. You may have to make the first move. I remember when I was dating Sandra. And if you know Sandra, she's, she's semi-shy. She used to be very, very shy, okay? And when I was first starting to get to know Sandra, before we even started dating, actually, I was getting to know her, and I was getting to that, like, like-like stage. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you like each other, but then you, like, like-like each other. But you don't know if the other person like-likes you, or they just like you. So you're trying to figure out, do you like-like-like me, or just like me? Because I don't know if you like me. I mean, I know you like me, but I don't know if you like-like me. Because if you like-like me, we should go out. But if you just like me, that'll be really awkward if I ask, because then we're just going to be not friends. Because I'm friend-zoned, and then I'm out of the friend-zone, because that's weird every time I see them. I think about this conversation we had. It's a whole lot of like-likes. So that's a lot of likes, yes. So I remember trying to figure out, and by the way, sometimes, girls, you're more obvious about this than other times, okay? I don't know if any guys here can connect with this, but Sandra was very good at keeping everything just, like, chill. There was no. Now other people were like, oh, she likes you and, and whatever. I don't know that. There's no signs. There's nothing. 
she treats me like a friend. That's awesome. But I don't see anything better than that. I mean, no, there's no signs here. So she was very chill about it. So I had to make the first move. I had to be the one calling her. I had to be the one that started the like-like conversation. Okay? <laughs> Horrible. The fear that ran through me. I think I actually said, and if I remember, she, if she was here, she would probably remember. I'm sure it was life-changing for her, you know. When Prince, yeah, no, no, it'd be the same story, same story. I remember when I, st I told her how I felt, you know, we had this, like, kind of moment. We went for this walk, and I was telling her how I felt. And I think I ended by saying, no, if you don't feel the same way, let's pretend none of this ever happened, and we'll just stay friends, okay? Now, amazingly, she actually said, well, I feel the same way, and boom, we started dating. But I had to make the first move. I mean, like, she was, even when we were dating, she wouldn't call me hardly. Well, I don't want to bother you. We're dating. Like, you can call me all the time. I don't care. I'd have to always be the one calling. But you know what? I think about that idea of making that first move, being the one that starts the conversation, being the one that steps out. It's scary. But I'm telling you, the benefits that come from stepping out, life-changing. So I understand that you may be the one that makes the first move. You may be the one that says, you know what? I need to step out. I need to invite I need the one that initiates. I need the one that invites to lunch or invites over for coffee or invites to this or gets together for that. But I know what you're thinking. Some of you are already thinking this. I do that and no one ever comes. I do that and everyone is so busy. Listen, I hear you on this. And I agree it can be frustrating, but you keep inviting. You keep initiating. You keep encouraging. Don't get bitter about it. Don't get angry about it. Some people said this, well, if they don't have time for me, then fine, who needs them? Yeah, that's going to draw them in. That's just putting the honey right out there. Oh, man. So what do you do then? You don't get bitter. You realize, no, you know what, Lord? Maybe they are really busy. So maybe they start praying. God, I'm going to pray for them that maybe they'll be able to be less busy. I'm going to pray that you comfort them. I'm going to go out of my way to encourage them. The purpose in building deeper relationships in Christ is not just to have a friend. See, we got to get this. This is the difference between the world and Christianity. The purpose in building deeper relationships in Christ is so that when difficult times come into our lives, and they come, don't they? When those difficult times come in, you have a support system. You have people you can call on for prayer and encouragement and wisdom and guidance. It's not about just, oh, I have another friend that we do stuff together. It's deeper than that. It's more than that. And so I want to encourage you, the reason we make the first move is not to have another friend. It's to build a lasting, deep connection so that when times come that we need someone, they're there for us. Now, they're not going to always be there for you, but they're going to try. That's the other thing, too, is if you've done this and somebody wasn't there for you that one time you needed them, please don't write them off. Man, we all have things going on. That's why we have Jesus Christ. He's always there for us. But it's good to have a face, a physical human face to put with that situation. It's tough to step out and make that first move. Let me say it this way. Maybe you're the one that needs to make some time to get together. Maybe you say this. I don't know. I don't really have any friends at North Goodland. I don't have any friends at church. I would ask you to step back and say, okay, how am I pursuing friendship? Or am I just sitting back waiting for everyone to come to me? Just saying. Did you just sit there? Nobody talked to me today. Did you talk to anyone today? Did you make a uh, point? See, here's the thing I hear about North Goodland all the time, and I'm just going to preach it, okay? 
I've heard about our church. You're such a friendly church. I've never been to a friendlier church. Seriously, people from all different backgrounds. I've never been to a more friendly or a more generous church ever. That's what I've heard from people from our church. Amen? That's awesome. But I've also had the same people say, but I think it's kind of Sunday morning friendship. It's like, what do you mean by that? Well, I just don't, there's not really deeper connections. I heard recently that somebody got a card from someone who's attended our church for a long time, seven, eight years. Got a card here maybe a year or so ago, and they said it's the first time anyone in the church has ever sent them anything like that. This is not about, oh, I'm a horrible person. No, no, no. Are we making the effort? Are we putting forth the effort with the time we have? Don't go, don't try to be everyone's friend because you're not going to be. Don't try to be everyone's close connection. You're not going to be. But are you making the effort to look for those connections, build that relationship, get connected, go deeper so that when difficult times come, you're ready. I want to close with a challenge to all of us. I want to close with a challenge of frequency. I want to close with a challenge of frequency. What do I mean by that? I would ask how frequent you are How frequent are we in gathering together with the body of Christ? How frequent are we in gathering together? I'm not just talking about Sundays or whatever. I'm saying just when you have time to gather together and you're available to gather together, are you utilizing that time to come together as the body of Christ? Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 encourages us by saying, let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Let us not give up the habit of of meeting together. Let me ask you a question. Is a habit something you do every once in a while or is it something you do quite frequently? A habit is something you do frequently. That's why they call it a So the Bible says, hey, that gathering together with the body of Christ, that coming together to worship him, we should do that frequently. Not once a week, not once a month, frequently. So what's your frequency? Where are you at in that? See, it's going to be really hard to build deep connections if you're gathering together with the body of Christ once or twice a month, once a year, once every six months. It's going to be hard to do that. There's no legalism here. We don't have to go to church to be a Christian. That's not what I said. What I'm saying, as a follower of Christ, when we gather together, the beauty of fellowship is there. I've said it for a long time. There should be no closer community of human beings on planet Earth than in the church. There should be no closer community of human beings on planet Earth than in the church. Now, let me close with this. This isn't a message to make you feel bad. This isn't a message to make you, oh, I got to reach out more. I got to do more. I got to, got to, got to, got to. No. This is simply a challenge to all of us to remember that we are called to love one another, pray for and with one another, to provoke one another to love and good works. And we cannot do that if we don't reclaim community. If we don't say we are one and we're going to be one and they're different than me, they think different than me, they don't think like I think, they don't look like I look, but you know what, we're one in Christ, and we are going to continue to be one, because I need them, and they need me. Because when tough times come, the Bible's very clear, that's why I called you a body, that's why I said you're a family, because you're supposed to be there for one another. So how are we doing with the one another's? It's not about adding something to our plate. It's about looking at what we do in the course of a day. How can I reach out? How can I make connections? How can I go beyond the surface? so that I can be there for someone else who needs me and I can, they can be there for me. Church is not about just coming together, singing some songs. It's about coming together as the body of Christ, saved in Christ, living the reclaimed life, reclaiming community and saying we are going to be one for his glory and his praise. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads right to where you are.
as you bow your heads there where you are, I want to encourage you. There's not going to be really an invitation per se, uh, just a time for you to respond there in your seats. And so if you would just spend a moment just with the Lord and maybe here this morning and something I was talking about this morning does not connect with you at all. You were in a totally different place. You're, you're going through something and you were dwelling on that this entire time. Please don't feel bad about that. That's maybe God trying to speak to you about that. Maybe here this morning, and as I talk about reclaimed in Christ, you don't know what that means because you don't know Christ. So maybe with your heads bowed and your eyes closed and nobody looking around, that you would just right there where you are, ask yourself this question, where, what is my standing before God? Have I been forgiven of my sins? Have I trusted Christ as my Lord and Savior? Have I believed that he died on the cross, was buried, and rose again for my sins? That when I put my faith and trust in Christ, that I'll be forgiven of all sin. If you're here this morning and you've never done that, maybe you would do that right now there in your seats. You would just cry out to them and say, God, I need to know you because you know what? My sin is real. I know that I've sinned. I know that I've broken your law. I know that I've violated your law. But I, and I know that there's a consequence for that violation. That's a place called hell. But I'm so thankful that 2,000 years ago you sent your son to die for me on a cross to be buried and to rise again because you love me that much. So maybe you're here today and you would pray a prayer similar to that and ask Christ to save you. Maybe you're here today and you know Christ, but you're struggling with frequency. Hey Amen. Life is hard. We're all busy. It's not a legalistic thing about trying to figure out how many services to go to a week or how many to go to a month or whatever. It's not about that. It's about frequency. It's about how often am I able to get together and am I utilizing that time wisely. Do I understand the real purpose of getting together? It's not about being ministered unto, but to minister to someone else and then minister to me. Am I going deeper in my relationships or am I just keeping it surface because surface is safe? Am I willing to take that step? It's going to be fearful, but I'm going to take a step. I'm going to go deeper because when hard times come, I want to be there for someone else in Christ, that they would be there for me in Christ. Maybe you'll go deeper today. And six weeks from now, no one will seemingly be there for you, but you'll be there for them. Don't let the enemy twist that and make you think that you should quit because no one's there for you. We're all struggling in different ways. Pray for one another. Love one another. And let's be one in Christ to his glory and to his praise. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for a time to fellowship and gather together around your word. I pray, Lord, that we would not just keep it surface that we would look for connections, that we would be praying for wisdom about how and where to go deeper with someone, to go beyond the surface so that we can grow in Christ, so we can serve one another. Lord, I've always thought it amazing. You tell us to pray for one another, but we can't pray for one another if we don't know one another. So I pray we'd make that step today. I pray that we'd reclaim community in Jesus' name, that we'd be the closest church in Lapeer County that we would be known as a church that's not just friendly on Sunday mornings. Praise God, we are. But we want to go beyond that. We want to make it real. We want to get into each other's lives to encourage each other and support each other. So we're going to take those steps. Father, give us wisdom in this. Give us guidance in this. Father, we also ask that if there's anyone here that doesn't know Christ, that they'd come to know you before it's everlasting too late, that they would put their faith and trust in Christ alone for salvation. It's not about going to church, Lord. It's not about being baptized. It's about trusting in Christ. I pray, Father, you'd convict them through the Holy Spirit. I pray you'd draw them to the cross. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for the beautiful weather. 
Lord, we're just so thankful for all that you allowed us to experience today. Thank you for gathering us back together after last week being off because of the power outage. Lord, what an amazing blessing it is to just gather with the body of Christ. How I missed it last week. Lord, I know we got on Facebook and all that, but Lord, there's something special about this gathering. I pray that we would never forget that. That we'd see the benefits outweigh the risk. We love you, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.